0: up your first three months now here's your host of the fight podcast Sergio Vicente yo 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 what up welcome back to the fight podcast your combat sports and culture podcast I'm your host Serge Vicente and we have a great show for you today today I'm going to go ahead and break down the UFC Fight Night headline by Curtis Blaze and Francis Ngandu in Singapore. I'm also going to go ahead and break down the main event in Golden Boy's first ever main event, MMA main event that is. And that was headlined by Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, three. But before I get into all that, remember, The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, TheFightPodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share The Fight Podcast is currently on iTunes and SoundCloud Boom! Welcome guys, welcome back I know it's been a little bit of a minute Um, We've had the holiday, happy Thanksgiving to everybody I hope you guys had a great one Uh, I hope we were able to go ahead and uh, withstand our families (laughs) Over the last uh, week and a half or so uh, man, I had a great time I actually originally went to um, my girlfriend's family's uh, from Michigan So we went out to Michigan and uh, really had an opportunity Just go ahead and check it out and hang out and eat great food out there Her mom's a dope cook and, uh, and then I had an opportunity to come back home, hang out with my family also Eat all kinds of great Puerto Rican food That whole Puerto Rican soul food mix uh, Which is incredible, man I had you know how most people do, you know, regular turkeys and stuff. We had smoked turkey. We had uh, lechon, which is a uh, roasted pork. Um, man, we had the rice and gandules. We had everything, man, along with the mac and cheese and greens. So had that beautiful combination of both, man. One of my favorite holidays. I know a lot of people don't mess with Thanksgiving for some reason, but I love it. I love being able to go ahead and hang out with the family. Um, my grandmother was in town I got to hang out with her she's what 93 and it was really dope to talk to her about a whole kind of stuff um but even when I was in Michigan man my girlfriend's grandmother is like 103 years old and she still talks trash with the best of them man so had a great Thanksgiving man so happy Thanksgiving to everybody all of you who listen to the fight podcast I appreciate you guys I am thankful for each and every one of you and um we're gonna keep the party going man so uh this past week um it's been there have been some fights man there have been some great fights there have been some bad fights and uh this week we're going to get ready, ready for the biggest heavyweight title fight that i can remember I mean, this is the biggest heavyweight title fight at least over the last decade, so um, that's going to be headlined by Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder, against Tyson, the Gypsy Fury. Um, We're going to go, or the last Gypsy, whatever his his, uh, nickname is, but do it as the beast. Um, I will later this week break that show down for you so that um, I'll I'll actually, I really want to spend time with that. And this show um, I'm actually going to go ahead and just spend time with this past weekend's events. I want to go ahead and touch on a couple things. I want to talk about the Chuck Liddell fight, uh, the Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz fight. I want to talk about Francis and Gano and Curtis, Curtis blades. We're going to go ahead and give this weekend's winners and losers. And I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know what we have coming. Coming up uh, for the rest of the week. But with that being said, man, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into it. (laughs) The biggest fight this weekend that most individuals talked about, it was not. The great UFC fight night that was headlined by Curtis Blades. The number two ranked heavyweight in the world in the UFC against Francis Ngannou. Um, the loser of his last two in a row. Getting, you know, if he lost this, a lot of us are trying to say, even myself, I had him picked to lose this fight. I thought that this was an awful matchup. man. We were we, we were wrong, and I'm be honest with you. So, let's go ahead and, and just break down the card itself. This card was actually it was a fight pass card, which we all know, man. I am not the biggest fan of fight pass cards, just because. Even though I love fight pass and I love what it brings, and there are so many great fights i mean i even hear that they're bringing you know different type of championship lithgow and a whole bunch of different things to fight pass so people are able to see all kinds of martial arts we have the eddie bravo invitational there you have glory kickboxing over there so all in all fight pass is dope but not when you're trying to promote some of the biggest champions that you have so i didn't understand this play granted They have something ridiculous like nine weeks straight of fights. So I get it. And maybe that was the only platform they had a lot of to them. And it was also in Singapore. So this fight, the main events didn't start till 6 a.m. my time. So at 6 6 a.m. Central Time uh, here in Chicago, I was definitely awake. I was definitely watching it on this Saturday morning. But um, but still, I know a lot of people weren't going to have the opportunity to check it out. So I was a little irritated about that. But still... Um. All in all, man, listen to this lineup. Main event: Curtis Blades versus Francis and Ganu alistair Overy made his comeback against sergey Pavlich. um and then you had sung yadong who is possibly the best fighter mma fighter that is to come out of china and he actually opened up the card so all in all there were some good things so let me go ahead and break it down i'm gonna go ahead and uh start off with Sung yadong um San goes ahead and uh gets a unanimous decision victory um, he bumps his record up to 13 and 3, 2 0 no contest. He, uh, he went ahead and beat Vince Morales. Great fight. He's at uh, Bantamweight. I'm telling you, you need to pay attention to this man. Um, Son Yadong is somebody that I'm being honest with you. I don't believe he will win a championship in the Bantamweight division for the UFC, but he's somebody who can make noise. He's definitely a top 10 talent, and he's somebody that we definitely should keep our eyes off. Um, And don't get me wrong. I think that he has the skills to do so. I just don't think he has the training partners and the team to get him there. He trains with um, with the Chinese top team over there. They're incredible. He has a lot of great and -and up-and-coming talent coming out of that. China is becoming a hotbed once again of martial arts. They're still not better than any gym over here, though. It's just not gonna happen. So, all in all, man, great fight for Song. Definitely deserved that unanimous decision victory, Um, but it's what I anticipated. Uh, Next up, we had Alistair Overeem, the Reem. Yo, so Alistair Overeem made a couple changes in this camp. He went ahead and changed camps once again. He's out in Denver. He's training with Grunge Training Center. So over the last couple years, man, um, Alistair has definitely bounced around. The the thing that sucks is it seems like he's almost trading off wins and losses. Gets TKO'd, gets a win. Gets beat up, gets a win. But he is so... I mean, it actually shows in his record. Look at, dude. His record is... 44-17, 44-17, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, he's been knocked out over 12 times, it's crazy, I don't know how he still has his wits about him, but all in all, man, Overeem, um is a legend in the game, and he looked incredible, you can tell being with Grunge Training Center, that is actually the same training center that Curtis Blades trains out of, and uh, actually, I'm sorry, they're not uh, training out of Grunge, they're still training out of uh, the Evolution Training Center in um, in denver as well so I'm, I'm sorry about that grunge is where pat barry um um uh man i'm blanking on a name but so many i mean justin gaethje uh and many others are actually fighting from that camp as well man i have no idea why i'm blanking on some of the names but hey it is what it is so um Overeem with a wrestler heavy camp a lot of big guys went out there and i am be honest with you physically he looked better than i have seen him look in years he's still not Uberim. And a lot of us remember Uberim when I'm calling Uberim is when he was on all of the supplements and he actually went ahead and beat up Brock Lesnar. He was the one, he looked like a superhero. He had traps, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I think he started taking a lot of knockout losses once he dropped weight. He was so physically massive, he had the traps, he had the neck. So even if you caught him with a good shot which reminds me of when he actually, in K1, he competed against Tyron Spung. Tyron Spung is a, um, he's a European champion boxer now, but he is one of the greatest kickboxers of all time. He and um, Overeem competed in K1 a couple years back when it was Uberim And Tyron Spung hit him with some of the biggest shots I've ever seen. And Uberim was able to take it. Since he's lost weight, since USADA, and since the inception of the testing pool in the UFC, physically, you can see the difference. He dropped all of his muscle mass, and he was even 30 pounds lighter than he's ever been. This time, he was back in the 250s. He looked physically fit, and he went out there and actually looked well. This was an interesting fight. Sergey Pavlich, who is a beast, he was undefeated 12-0 before this match, came out there to win this fight. He went out there and honestly, man, they, they started chucking from the jump. He even hurt Overeem in the beginning. Overeem was forced to shoot. And I'm be honest with you, a lot of us don't understand, yo, Alex Overeem has competed in, MMA for the last 20 years. He is a beast on the ground. He's one of the most well rounded fighters out, especially at heavyweight. So me watching him out grapple somebody isn't surprising at all. So he went out there, did his thing, and ended up at the very end of round one. Got back on the winning track, got a TKO with four minutes to 21 seconds in the first the very first round congratulates Overeem. He's back on the winning track. And here's the crazy thing about Overeem. With one win, man, he's only one more win away from a title shot again. He's only 38 years old. Not of us. We have seen heavyweights can last longer. Daniel Cormier is 40. He's a champ. He's a champ champ right now. So we're looking at these guys who could actually compete longer in their careers. They have the skills. They have the knowledge to go ahead and do so. So he's only one win away. Do I think he's going to get it? I don't know. What would I like to see with him next? I'll let you guys know when our uh, winners and losers a little later on in the show. All right. Um, Main event time. (laughs) Um, This fight was so not what I expected, man. Curtis Blades, only blemish that he has on his record in the UFC. He is 5-1 in the UFC. He's blasted people like Alistair Overeem KO'd him in his last time out. He's beaten up and finished Mark Hunt. He has beaten better, technically sound fighters than Francis Ngannou. So in my head, Francis Ngannou has been on the decline. It seems like mentally, but he's just not there. He hasn't been there for a minute. At least this year, he had things of his team coming out, his coaches saying Dana White's right. He's not focused and he hasn't been focused for a long time. They said his fame got to him. Arrogance got to him. So in my head, I was looking at that, and then I'm looking at how hungry Curtis Blades is. Curtis Blades is calling out everybody. He's called out Stipe. He's called out DC. So I'm looking at an hungry, up-and-coming guy who the only reason he lost to Francis Ngannou in the first place was because broken orbital socket. I closed up Dr. Stoppage. He probably would have won that fight if the fight continued. So in my estimation, when I looked at that, I did not see Francis Ngannou. I said Francis Ngannou has one shot to win this fight. One. One shot. And you know what? Sure shit his ass landed it too. Boom! Right from the onset, man. So, And and just let me give you a little bit of background about... The atmosphere. Singapore is an incredible. hotbed, been an incredible place for combat sports. One championship. One is they just signed Mighty Master Johnson. They just signed. Um. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, they just signed amazing, one of my favorite kickboxers of all time, uh, Yatsen Clyde, Fairtex, they also just signed, I mean, Cosmo Alexander, who just got beat up in, uh, by Nikki Holskin, another great kickboxing, uh, kickboxing great They are not only doing things in Singapore with one championship with MMA. They're also bringing the kickboxing. If you guys haven't had an opportunity to watch one, I can't stress it enough, man. Download the app. It's free. One championship. If not, go on YouTube. Sign up for what they have. You can see full fights literally a couple hours after their main events because their main events are like at three o'clock in the morning here. But the atmosphere in the arena was incredible. Loud. The place was jumping. When you saw these two heavyweight monsters come out, you can tell they felt the the motion and the meaning of what this fight meant. This fight really is, I don't want to say a crossroads for two individuals, but... It shows where the division is going. These are two of the best up-and-coming guys in the division. One guy who has already fought for a title. And one guy who is hoping to fight for a title in the near future. And I'm going to be honest with you. If Curtis Blades won this fight. There's no doubt in my mind he would have been next up for a title shot. But unfortunately that didn't come to fruition. So the fight kicks off. They're moving around, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. They both seem to be comfortable. They both seem to bounce around. They both were somewhat fluid with their striking. Uh, Francis Ngannou was carrying his hands extremely low from the onset. So I was watching him, I was like, why is he carrying his hands that low? I was like, ah, he's waiting for the takedown. He wants to make sure he can stuff the takedown and land his huge right hand. They moved around a little bit. Both men threw a couple shots, nothing doing. But honestly, 35 seconds into the fight, Francis Ngannou whips this huge right hand, clips um Curtis Blade right at the top of the head, drops him like a just just like a sack of potatoes man he just hits the ground he's rolling around he still has the wherewithal to try to get up and grab a single leg while he was doing this francis and was blasting him with uppercuts shots 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 um dropped off curtis blades once again uh, the referee, Mark Goddard, jumps in. 45 seconds of the very first round. Fight is done. Fight was over, man. 45 seconds of the first round. Uh, He finished the fight, and the winner was Francis Ngannou. So, um, kudos, man. Big ups to Francis Ngannou. He needed that win. He needed that win more than most, man. And I think a lot of us... We're counting him out. I know I did. So hopefully this kind of reinvigorates him. And this really does reinvigorate the heavyweight division. Because at first we were starting to see, oh man, DC, he's, what's going to happen with DC, he's going to fight Brock Lesnar and pretty much peace out. is still out there. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Cain Velasquez just announced. Cain Velasquez, the former two-time heavyweight champion. In my estimation, he is, until Daniel Cormier, I thought he was the greatest heavyweight fighter that I had ever seen. He's coming back. Now you have Curtis Blades and Francis Ngannou. There's so many people coming and fighting at heavyweight. Volkov ozenmere Derek lewis the heavyweight division is in a great place it is a great mix of new guys as well as the old wiley vets um i love to see uh, 2019 is going to be interesting after daniel cormier defends his belt and uh sails off into the sunset i'm sure stipe miocic is going to go ahead and actually fight again for the title and he might end up fighting against Kane Velasquez, or he's going to end up fighting against um, Francis Ngannou, or Cain's going to fight against Francis Ngannou. So there's a lot that could happen, um, but I'm I'm really, really happy to see Francis get off the schneid. I was kind of s- sorry, and I felt bad for my Chicago native, for one of my Chicago brothers over here, um, and somebody who I do cheer for a lot, and I champion a lot, Curtis Blades. I really... And here's the thing. I think this is just a minor setback. I don't think that it's going to really be a detriment to his career, especially for heavyweight. And one thing that I appreciated, he went ahead on Twitter afterwards. And I love champions like this, man, because this is the champion mentality. Curtis Blade says, and I quote, took one on the chin tonight. I'll be back with the same confidence. Hashtag sometimes you're the nail. Hashtag minor setback hashtag too young to stop now and he's right man Curtis Blades is only 28 years old he has a lot of fight left in him and I still believe that he will eventually be the heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou on the other hand is man super excited he believes that this is his time he believes that you know um This is, you know, he had a couple, he had a bad year. He was in a dark place and now he's back and better than ever. Maybe, maybe he is. Um, But uh, I think only time would tell. I think he still has, he he will always have a puncher's chance, but against top quality wrestlers, if they're able to negate his striking, I think he's always going to get into some trouble until he really focuses on on that aspect of his game all right moving right along golden boy um went ahead and headlined their first mma event at the forum in los angeles a lot of us were extremely skeptical of this event not only were a lot of us skeptical of this event we we're skeptical of the main event, we we're skeptical of uh, Oscar De La Hoya, and, and a whole lot more. So this is what I want to talk about. And, um, well, let's just get into the fights. The card itself was a majpage of former UFC fighters. You had the event headlined by Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz that their first matchup was 15 years ago. So that was in, what, 2004 or something like that? That was their first matchup, 2004 and 2006. So this is their first fight since then or against one another, that should I say. Chuck Liddell hasn't fought in MMA in over eight years. Tito Ortiz has still been relatively active. Um, but uh, he had recently retired after his victory against uh, Chael Sonnen in uh, Bellator. This fight also had Gleason Tebow fighting as Efren uh, Escadero, which was an entertaining match. Um, you also had Tom Lawler competing on this uh, event as well. So, all in all, it was an okay card. It wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Golden Boy, my personal opinion, dropped the ball and sold Oscar De La Hoya. But I'm going to talk about that a little later on when I get to losers uh, of the weekend. Um, But what I want to talk about is this. So to start off the fight, we're going to go ahead and say Efren Escudero went ahead and lost to uh, Gleason Bow in a split decision. Uh, Again, interesting fight uh, for those of us there. Darren Wynn. Darren Wynn is somebody who I think we all need to go ahead and look out for. He fought at 205 pounds. He ended up beating Tom Lawler. He is a prospect out of... American Kickboxing Academy. He is trained under Daniel Cormier. He's his wrestling coach. This kid is entertaining, man. I think he needs to drop to 185 pounds. He's only 5'7", so he has weight to cut. But I think this dude has a lot of power in his hands, and not only does he have a lot of uh, power in his hands, he has great wrestling, and he keeps a good pace on people so really really good whip from him uh salute to that man but all right let's go ahead and talk about the main event chuck liddell versus tito ortiz this is a legends match this is the only match that was really advertised on this card by golden boy (sighs) where do i begin look man the crowd was incredible the crowd was nuts LA has a great fight culture, so people are going to show up. The fight was between somebody who can still compete in combat sports against somebody who has no business ever competing again. Tito Ortiz looked like Tito Ortiz over the last few years. He looked in incredible shape, he looked healthy. He looks more healthy than I've ever seen him. Um, his striking, um, working over there, Ruka Training Center looks incredible. Puts his combinations together, and Chuck Liddell looked old and slow. <laughs> I I put it like this, man. And I was watching. I heard uh, not Chuck Liddell, Chael Sonnen on his show. You're welcome. Uh, it's a podcast, entertaining podcast. I, I'll say that. But uh, Chael Sonnen goes out there and says, I've never seen somebody lose uh, a, a round in shadow boxing, but <laughs> Chuck Liddell did. And yo, that is the best description that I could actually come up with. Chuck Liddell looks slow. He looked old and Yo, he might as well been there with, you know, bare knuckles. Man, it looked like a whole different time, period. So they go out there, move around the entire fight. Tito Ortiz is pushing the pace. He's getting in Chuck, and Chuck is trying to do what Chuck has always done. He's trying to counter. You see him backpedaling, and for a hot second, man, you do have that nostalgic feeling of, holy shit, it's Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. They're back in the cage, and as a fight nut, as a fight fan, as somebody who is generally balls deep in the sport, who loves it. The fan in me was like, oh, man, I can't wait to watch. OK, let's see what happens. The more they circled, the more you realized Chuck. He doesn't have the same type of explosion. One thing that made Chuck Liddell incredible was he was one of the best counter punchers ever. He has he had power in both hands and. And. The way he did, he lulls you into a sense of security, similar to the way Conor McGregor does it, where Conor McGregor, his movement kind of lulls you to sleep. Chuck used to do the exact same thing, but just in reverse. Instead of coming forward, he used to walk backwards, lull you to sleep, make you think that you had an opportunity to get him. Then he'll take a step back, get that angle on you, and then fire a crazy combination at you. You can tell in his head he's still that guy. But the, his body didn't work that way. He's forty eight years old, and he seems like a forty eight years old who really didn't train the way he should have. So just watching that made me a little uneasy for him. I felt bad watching it. I digress. The fight keeps going halfway through the first round we're we're watching. And, man, the fight's just not that entertaining. Tito's chasing, Chuck's running away. He tries to throw a couple punches, nowhere to be found. The first round's coming to a close, and then out of nowhere, Tito Ortiz throws a beautiful one too. One at the very end of his right hand. Chuck Liddell is backing straight up. And for, a lot, for those of us who do not understand, one thing you do not want to do In combat sports, whether it be boxing, MMA, kickboxing, you do not want to go directly back into a straight line. If you walk back into a straight line, your opponent knows where you are. He can close his eyes or she can close her eyes and just throw punches and you're right there. That's why you always want to see people, you know, and that's why, for instance, in boxing, Vasily Limachenko is such an anomaly to watch. That's why Tyson Fury at 6'9 and almost 300 pounds who moves in angles like that is so difficult to hit. Chuck Liddell didn't do that. He'd move directly back into a straight line. What happened? Tito throws a huge one-two, catches him right on his chin. Down goes Chuck, down goes Chuck. Tito blasts him with a couple left hands on the ground. Fight's over. Um, heartbreaking to see. It really was. I have noticed, and and here's the thing: after the fight, this is what, for instance, the athletic commission, the athletic director said. He says if we hadn't approved the fight, that fight probably was going to happen somewhere else. California is the safest place for that fight to be at. So this is the head of the California State Athletic Commission. He is saying that because people obviously after the fight gave him a whole lot of blowback. Um, Tito Ortiz after the fight made a lot of different comments. Um, There are so many fighters there who honestly just... Tito pretty much was like, look, man, I didn't care. And actually, this is what the man had to say himself after the fight. He came out saying he's going to knock me out in the first round. Oops, I didn't need to mess up his night. I knocked his ass out in the first night, first round, excuse me. I want to thank everybody for supporting me. All my fans, everybody who believed in me. And all the ones that didn't believe in me, take the hatred out of your heart. Because at the end of the day, we all should be happy. Look, he was... After the fight, you can tell Tito tried to hype up Chuck a little bit. I want to see you keep fighting, blah, 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 blah. Man, don't nobody want to see that. This is what Chuck actually said after the fight. <sighs> My my training camp. The guys did a great job. They got me in great shape. I showed up, no excuses. In great shape, ready to go, and he's a better man tonight. So there it is. Let's let's give a speech. All right. Look, man. um All in all, the fight was an experiment. It was experiment by Golden Boy. And um, it was experiment by Chuck Liddell. I don't know what Golden Boy has left or if they plan to jump back in to uh, MMA. But I tell you one thing, if they are, they need to do a far better job of actually building up new fighters, up and coming names and not try to prey on old fighters who haven't fought in almost a decade, man. So, hey, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking out the website, the Fight Podcast Podcast.com, subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We are currently on iTunes in SoundCloud. All right. So with all these fights this past weekend, who really won the weekend? Who were this weekend's winners and losers? All right. So, in my opinion, <laughs> this weekend's winners, you have to give Francis and the win. Francis Ngannou proves that, hey, I am back and that I can continue doing it. He is back right into the championship title picture. He is back into the mix, strictly based off of this fight. No matter what happened before, 2018 wasn't a great year for a lot of people. Whether it be MMA, boxing, life this country all kind of other stuff it's been a rough year so francis and ghana we 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 forgive you for that and looking at how the heavyweight division is this puts him right back into the mix there's a lot of matchups that could possibly happen Cain velasquez is coming back we i would love to see that matchup i would love to see another matchup with Derek lewis versus francis and ghana let's run it back why not? There are plenty of options out there for him. I'm happy for him to get off the schneid, and uh, it's going to be good for him, man. So first winner of the weekend, 100%, is Francis Ngannou. Um, also, we're going to stick with the heavyweights, Alistair Overeem. This man is one of the greatest combat sport athletes of all time. K1 Grand Prix champion, Dream champion, force champion, the list goes on and on. Aside from the UFC, he has won a heavyweight belt in every organization that he's ever competed in. So the fact that he went ahead and took a fight in Singapore on the fight past at six o'clock in the morning says a lot, especially when he went ahead and fought against somebody who is 12. No, that's a dangerous guy. He didn't have to fight him. But he did. And one thing I think a lot of people don't take into account, and I appreciate that Alex Overeem does this. And I also appreciate other fighters like Amanda Shevchenko who do this as well. Luke Rockhold also does this. They are legitimate martial artists. This man and these other fighters travel around the world training with different camps, different fighters, different coaches so that they become the best version of themselves. Overeem is fought at a.k.a. Greg Jackson's, the Black Zillions. Now he's over there in, uh, in Denver with Team uh, Evolution. You have to give him props, man. So salute to uh, that man. He is directly back into the title picture. And honestly, he's one fight away. He's one fight away and then he can legitimately fight once again for the heavyweight belt. He's only 38 years old, man. So he has a lot of fights still left into him, even though he's been KO'd like 30 times, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. He's definitely a winner of the weekend. All right. Um, Tito Ortiz. Look. Chuck Liddell, obviously a shell of himself. But to go out there and do what you're supposed to do against an opponent of that caliber, you have to give. And this is how he's able to ride off into the sunset. He has many different business interests. He has a whole lot of different things that he's doing with his life. He's going to be fine. I appreciate him. He goes back out there, you know, gets a a win that he wanted to. He desperately wanted to erase and he has the opportunity to do that. So congratulations to Ch- uh, to Tito Ortiz. Um, he is definitely a winner this weekend as well. All right, losers, who ended up losing this weekend, man? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start off before I get into my biggest loser of the weekend. I have to say Chuck Liddell. Chuck, I'm gonna start it off with. Unfortunately, Chuck Liddell is a legend in the game. MMA would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Chuck Liddell, truly. But somebody, he had to know he wasn't ready for this fight. He had to know somebody else had to like, dude, this dude is nowhere near the shape. He is nowhere near the athletic ability anymore to compete. And he's been calling people out left and right, calling out John Jones and calling out people. Look, man, Chuck Liddell is a legend, but he looked awful this weekend. And I'm going to be very honest with you this loss diminishes his legacy. Why would you take a fight like that that would diminish your legacy? People who are looking and thinking about MMA, we're not looking back to 2004, it's 2018. The end of it at that. We only got a month left. It's about to be 2019. Do you think people care what you did 15 years ago, when the sport was technically still in a stone age? Nobody should have sanctioned this event, man. So, um, my next loser goes to uh, the California State Athletic Commission. I don't care what you guys say at the end of that. You should never. You should have never let this fight happen. All right. My biggest loser of the weekend goes to Oscar De La Hoya. Yo, Oscar, what are you doing? This clown. I understand what Oscar Oscar is 100 percent invested and he loves boxing. Okay, And here, I want to read this to you guys really quick. Because everybody's talking about it. And I want to bring this up. Because this is something that. So Oscar goes out there. This event. And one thing that he does. Which really did surprise me. Is that he wanted to be. As I'm pulling all this stuff up. For you guys. So one thing that Oscar did. Is that when they were having the press conference before the fight. He goes out there and. Big ups Chuck and Tito. He said these are the biggest names in the sport. And then he turns around with all the other athletes out there. And says I don't know these guys names. He generally did not care. My thing is this. How are you going to not care? <laughs> About this this fight, how are you not going to care about this? So check this out: Golden Boys MMA pay per view this Saturday night, and this is by chel uh, sonan said this afterwards, and I wholeheartedly agree. This is what I was looking for. Oscar is not passionate about MMA, and that was very clear and very obvious. When it comes to storytelling and building anticipation, you can't just set up a ring and the rest of it takes care of itself. I heard fighters threaten that if they were going to leave a promotion and start their own promotion, go ahead, go right ahead. That's essentially what we saw here. So Chuck and Tito come together to go to Oscar, pitch him on a fight. The idea Oscar was never that passionate about. He was never behind it. With a story that he simply didn't know how to tell. It doesn't make him a bad promoter. It's just a lesson to learn. And that's the thing that we have to stay in our own lanes. And honestly, I think that I don't believe in having to stay in your own lane. I think if you can promote, you can promote. But you have to be passionate about it. Oscar Little Hoya does not care, nor does he respect MMA. That's why he put on an event with two elder statesmen. He looks bad. He looks bad to the MMA community. He looks bad to the combat sports community. And I think Oscar De La Hoya is working his way into Golden Boy promotions being a joke. A complete and utter joke. Now you got Teodoro Ortiz talking about, oh, we need to do this over. I could be a a um, uh, an ambassador for Golden Boy. Look, Tito Ortiz is amazing at marketing and managing fighters. He was one of the first guys there when the UFC took hold. So if Oscar De La Hoya brings people like that into the fold who are going to help really bring up up up-and-coming fighters, fantastic. But if you're not going to care, bro, stay out of the game. Stay out of the game and don't worry about it because all you look like to the rest of us, is a loser who doesn't care about the sport. It is just trying to make a a cash grab, essentially. So, yeah, damn that. But, hey, guys, check it out. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'll be back again really soon with this week's fight news, this week's prospect alert, I will break down this week's upcoming huge boxing fight with Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder and Tyson Fury, as well as all the um, MMA events that we have upcoming. Also, Um, guys, I hope you've had a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you again for joining us. We'll be right back blasting everything out. I'll have at minimum three shows this week. Check out social media. We have a couple exclusive interviews coming up for you guys and so much more. Um, This is Serge Vicente. Thank you again for joining me on episode 55 of the Fight Podcast. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at SageEatsChicago.com Apply promo code code fight for 20% off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente support the show by checking me out on the website thefightpodcast.com thank you guys once again for listening um we're back (laughs) we will see you right here on the fight paddock fight podcast again soon peace out